You are listening to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. peeps and welcome back it's fourth of july and it's episode 70 of big trouble little podcast i am joe doves i'm andy and we are back after the two weeks that we took off because i had my birthday and i just wanted to take a couple couple weeks off and you know re-energize and everything but uh yeah we are here and we're back and andy watched a Hell of a lot of movies. Andy, what well, the You gave me two weeks off. What the hell am I supposed to do? Sit around and just play with myself? I mean, you could, but, you know, movies <laughs> are just much better. <laughs> yeah, no, I watched. I did watch a ton of stuff. I started Too Old to Die Young, but I haven't finished it yet. I've talked about it before, but me and TV shows, I just don't binge them. I just want to come back to them. Plus, it doesn't help that uh, Too Old to Die Young, Refn made, like, every episode basically a movie. Several episodes are, like, 97 minutes long. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, I don't know, I haven't finished that yet, but I, I watched a ton of stuff. The the first half of our vacation, I was just watching stuff. I've been trying to go through, I own a bunch of movies that I've never seen, so I put them in a stack and tried to watch them all. And the other half of the stuff I watched was, uh, I've been doing housework, so I put stuff on with the intention of it just making noise, but then I end up sitting there watching it anyway, because I'm, I'm gullible like that. But I watched The Devil's Backbone, uh, a ghost movie directed by Guillermo del Toro. Um Tokyo Mighty Guy, really stupid name, but really good movie uh, from Japan in the 60s. That's going to be a theme because I got two box sets of um, movies from Nikatsu Studio starring um, their best actors. Uh, anyway, uh, I wa- watched The Dark Knight just because I hadn't seen it in a while. Uh, Danger Pays, that's another Japanese movie. Murder Unincorporated, another Japanese movie. Rambling Guitarist, another Japanese movie. Rewatch Snatch. I watched it probably a hundred times in high school, but it was it was time. You know, I still think it's the best Guy Ritchie film. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished The Human Condition, which I've talked about on other episodes, so I won't linger on it too much. Uh, Voice Without a Shadow, and then Red Pier. Those are two more Japanese movies. I think that's the end of those. Um, I watched The Matrix, and later on I watched The Matrix Reloaded, and then even later on I watched Matrix Revolutions. I watched Ralph Breaks the Internet, which was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I watched the first Terminator. I watched Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I watched The Birdcage, um, saw Brokeback Mountain, and watched Stand By Me. So I watched a ton of movies. Wow, you went through a lot of decades there. Yeah, no kidding. It's all over the place. Uh, Japanese, British, American, I think that's it, movies. Stuff from, I think... I think the early 60s is the earliest, and then stuff right up to Dark Knight? No, uh, 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 Ralph Breaks the Internet came out last year. Yeah, so I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now, I watched The Matrix because uh, I messaged you one day, and I was like, hey, what's up? And you're like, I'm watching The Matrix. And I was like, hey, do you remember the theory about Agent Smith being the one? <laughs> and I was like, let me watch it again and stuff because all the 
the Reddit and all the YouTube videos that I saw that they gave clues on why he might be the one. Uh, go check that out. I don't want to explain it because I probably explain it wrong. But it's yeah, I I I was like with an eye for that. I rewatched the series and it's like I get it, but I I don't know. It's it's interesting and it's cool, but there's a few things that I feel like fly in the face of it. But it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. A lot to get into with with those series like. Usually a director will go, yeah, he'll like nod and be like, yeah, that, that's what I was going for. I don't think with the Wachowski brothers or, or sisters now. Um, Siblings. Yeah. That's what I always say. You can't miss. <laughs> um, you, never, you never know if it, it's going to be true. You know, they'll, they'll probably be like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's kind of what makes them interesting is they're like, you know, aloof and they're weirdos. Mm-hmm. But I don't mean that in like a derogatory way i mean they're they're interesting they they think up stories in ways that i don't that's why their movies were entertaining to me particularly the first matrix but you know that's we could go down a whole show's worth of a rabbit hole talking about the matrix sequels yeah a lot of people hate it like i i don't hate it people make the second and third matrix like it's the prequels to the star wars movies like it's that bad Mm. and I'll say it's pretty stupid, the third movie, on how they, like, try to explain what happened <laughs> and ha- how they close the story of Neo. But at the same time, it's like, it's okay. It's it's at least watchable. Uh, I'll say Matrix Reloaded was stupid. <laughs> yeah, I every few years I go back and watch them because... You, the Matrix came out like at the perfect time in my life. You know, I was an edgy teenager and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So the Matrix has always been like a big part of my formulative, my high school, my whatever. So every few years I go back and watch them thinking, oh, it's going to be like rediscovering it. Oh, I'm going to love it this time. And every time I'm like, no, the sequels suck. Mm-hmm. Like they have lots of like isolated instances where they're really fun. Like the whole sequence where they're defending the uh, the dock in the third movie is just really cool and i you know it's obviously not like there's nothing about story arcs or acting or anything it just looks really cool that's what the matrix is all about but in the first one they relied more on you know like there's those cool wraparound shots that they actually used um like 300 cameras to do yeah but now they're doing it with computers in the other movies and it just doesn't look as good and it's it's such a shame because they have all this money now so they can do everything in computers, but it did not age well at all. But everything in the first Matrix movie aged awesome. Still looks great. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about the Matrix, and I've always liked it, I mean, it's pretty cool that they went on the outside world or, or the real world and showed like, oh, you know, robots are, you know, now taking over. And now they have like a a techno dance party <laughs> and they're all sweaty. Yeah, that scene is stupid. Yeah, but like, I've always liked it when they were inside the Matrix. Everything that was inside the Matrix was pretty cool. I like the architect. I like the Oracle. I like their storylines. I thought it was pretty interesting. But at the same time, it's just like... Some of it just didn't make any sense. It's like, now you know Neo is the one. But now he's fighting Agent Smith, who is multiplying and stuff. And the, The first Matrix is like, they struck gold. And it like forced them to make two other movies because of how, yeah how good it was in the, in the in the first movie or how one of my friends said something about oh wouldn't it be nice if there were no sequels to the matrix and i said 
well, yes and no, you know, the other movies suck and everything, but then we would be talking about what a shame it was that The Matrix never got any sequels, because they totally leave it open at the end of the first movie. It's like, Neo's the one, but nothing comes of it yet. He's just like, oh, I'm going to show these people something you don't want them to see, oh my god, and then he hangs up the phone and rage against the machine plays, and that's like it. Yeah. So you want you want to see... You want to see the human city. You want to see the machine city. You want to see mankind get liberated. You want to see the end of the war. You want to see the rest of the prophecy play out. There's still so much to see and explore that if there were no sequels to The Matrix, honestly, I think it would be even more unbearable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's yeah. easy to, to there, speculate on that. It's not that way. There's talks of them making either a continuation story of the matrix or they're going to be doing a reboot. I think they should do a continuation. Um, I've always been really interested in, uh, after that movie came out, there was an MMO, the matrix online. Yeah. And apparently it was like, okay, not great. But I think part of the story is the machines won't give up Neo's body. Mm-hmm. And there's like a mystery as to why. And the game was exploring that. I don't know if it went anywhere. I didn't play it. But I, like when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Because now they, they're still going into the Matrix. And they're still like, like the war isn't officially on. But it's more of like a Cold War kind of thing. Because there's there's agents trying to prevent the the, the human people from doing something i i don't know like i didn't play it but it sounded interesting and i really do think there's something to it plus you could do it and get away without needing you know keanu reeves or Mm. or whoever i mean even though he's like the most popular thing in the world right now you'd probably want to get him if you could (laughs) and the thing is you don't need a person that is the one in it like you can explore so much in that world uh that you don't need to have like a neo you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could do a prequel too, like you were saying, that would work fine too. Mm-hmm. I, it's just interesting to see, um, you know, all this this conflict and subterfuge and stuff. But eh, it could work either way. I think were there comics or books or anything? There was, was that it. There was comics and there was an anime that they came. Out. I, I know there's an anime. I, I own the Animatrix. I've seen all of it many times. Such amazing anime and amazing stories for the matrix i recommend it yeah the animatrix whips apps it's great and it has kind of like the art <laughs> from like lincoln lincoln park uh music videos I, I think that's what i liked about it too well each one had a different studio do the art mm-hmm. so they're all over the place but enough of matrix though um i watched a lot uh, a lot of tv um what the hell is uh nuclear family Oh, that's the one with the Twin Peaks guy, um, the guy who played uh, Laura Palmer's father. Um, oh, well, that's creepy, but what's it about, I mean? Oh, it's about this family. Uh, the wife and uh, husband were having a divorce, uh, were discussing divorce stuff with their lawyers. And I assume they have two and a half kids. They have two kids. Okay. Uh, um... And then all of a sudden, a nuclear bomb went off. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much the story is, like, this family is now, like, together because of the bomb. And uh, their son got lost because he decided to run away from the car. And the son is, like, going uh, 
to like gang gang to gang because one of the gangs found him and traded him off. <laughs> it it's really bad acting, really bad camera work. Um, the the guns in that in that in this fucking movie, they don't reload. Um, what do you call it? the guy who is in Twin Peaks? He gets like a machine gun, and he shoots it like hot dogs it kind of where he's like shooting it under his arm under his leg it, it's fucking hilarious mm. <laughs> it's on amazon prime so it's good you recommend it i recommend it to watch it because it's bad mm. um, i mean that's fine i watch i watch the bad stuff i just ordered Waterworld on blu-ray oh shit it's a good bad movie <laughs> yeah. kevin costner mm-hmm. uh yeah but, something else i can talk about it ad, ad nauseum but We'll move on. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's, that's a good bad movie. Um, I w- it, it, it's kind of a little long. Like, it's an hour and a half, and it should be like an hour, <laughs> in my opinion. But it's a movie, not a show, right? Yeah, it's a movie. Okay. I mean, an hour and a half, that makes sense for a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I watch a couple of TV shows. I watch Stranger Things Season 2 because Season 3 comes out today. Because um, I want to refresh my memory on that. I watched Dark Season 2. Dark is like a German uh, sci-fi show. And um, it's about time travel. It's about... uh, The combination I say for this show, it's like a little bit of Twin Peaks and a little bit of Back to the Future. Uh, I like both those things. Yeah, it's really good. There's like dubbed American voices, but it, it looks weird. Um, well, I'd rather watch it subtitled if it's available. Yeah, I recommend German uh, act uh, voices and with uh, subtitles. It's uh, good. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so many people would take the easy route, but it's more rewarding to to hear the actors actually give their performances. Well, I watched it in season one, and there was there was no option of uh, uh, dubbed American or, or English uh, voices. Oh, so now you're used to it anyway. Yeah, so I'm used to it. I, when I watched it with my dad, I was like, oh, season two is on here. And we watched the first two episodes, and it, like, automatically went to dubbed uh, English. And I was like, oh, this is weird. I can't watch it like this. <laughs> yeah, I'm always that way, too. If I watch one season in one way, it's got to be everything. And that's bit me a couple times, because I'll get into, like, an anime mm-hmm. and watch the dub, which, you know, makes it sound like I'm a hypocrite, but that's animation. That's different. But I'll watch the dub, and then I'll be like, oh, this is a good show. I'm going to move on to season two. And season two isn't dubbed yet, so i got to watch it subtitled, and it's really jarring. That's why I still haven't finished Iron-Blooded Orphans. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. Speaking of, like, anime, I guess, uh, I watch Into the Spider-Verse, which is on Netflix. It's really good. Um, it's been calling to me. I want to watch it, but I haven't yet. I, I wouldn't go deep, because when people first saw this movie, they are like, oh, my God, this is amazing. It's like... It should get like an Oscar and all that stuff, which I think it did, didn't it? Get yeah, a- it got nominated for best best animated movie, right? Yeah, and I thought it was good. I, it, it's a good anime, like uh, animation stuff. Like it has to be. Oh, it won. Oh, okay. Oh, Never so mind. it did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I recommend it if you're a big Spider-Man fan. And Spider-Man um, Far From Home came out today uh this week so yeah i technically i guess today is 
the first i don't know how they're gonna do it because it's a holiday but normally it would start today at like seven or whatever mm-hmm. i want to see it though it looks good like I, I i was so lukewarm on superhero movies forever but um i don't know this this one looks better for some reason maybe i'm still high on uh end game yeah and it kind of continues the story of what happened to uh iron man he's dead there's no story yeah true <laughs> Sorry, spoilers, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Fuck it, that movie's been out of like, a long time now. Alright, let's get the movie of the week. So we're back on the Star Trek uh, ranking. The old Star Trek with uh, William Shatner. And, uh, you know. Uh, so we're watching Star Trek. We watched Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock. Yeah. Um... What I what I do like is that they kind of give like a uh, recap <laughs> on what happened uh, with the the search of that's the search for Khan the wrath of Khan where Spock dies because of the radiation. I like that too because it like zooms in slowly and it's like oh it's just a neat way to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking what. <laughs> It felt was the movie as a whole. Is that what you're judging right now? No, no, no. What I liked about what I liked about it is that it felt like an actual continuation of the last movie. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the last two movies, it was just like you know, in a distant year or something. Yeah, there's like a decade separating the first movie and the second one, but the second, the third, and the fourth movies all take place like back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Like, like you'll see this week when we watch the Voyage Home, it picks up like right now, like right where that one ended. And Leonard Nimoy, it was a director, by the way, which is yeah, which is interesting because it did feel. Oh, what am I trying to say? Different, cool, interesting, Inter- well shot, badly shot, interesting. But I wouldn't say like if. Definitely felt different from the last two movies that we saw, and I think that is okay. I mean, it wasn't great. Uh, I don't know. Was this like Leonard Nimoy's like first movie he directed ever? Um, good question. I am I'm not sure. He might have directed some episodes of the show. I know he directed. He directed this. He directed Voyage Home. Oh, he did, I didn't know he directed. Oh no, hang on, that's known for he's in um actor blah 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 blah. He's in a thousand things somehow. He did. Quit night- making me scroll. Fucking. Oh, he, he did Night Gallery. He did a <laughs> direct. Yeah, he did one episode of Night Gallery. He directed a TV movie called Vincent. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, one episode of a TV show called The Powers of Matthew Starr. Oh, he did an episode of T.J. Hooker. All right. <laughs> Yeah, he directed this. He directed four Voyage Home. So this was like his first movie. Yes, well, this this was his first theatrical movie. Yes, yeah. he had done three TV shows and one TV movie before this. So he had some direction experience, but not a ton. No, the things with the shot of this movie, I didn't feel wowed like the last two movies. Um, oh, for real? Yeah. Um, I thought the Klingon ship was weird. Uh, I mean, Klingon ships look like that. They're all dark and shittily lit. <laughs> it looked like a Christmas tree. 
And I do want to say, uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon is both awesome, but it like weirded me out because I was like, it's Doc Brown. <laughs> it's a Klingon. I was I was thinking about his performance while I was watching this movie, and mm. the best way I would describe it is his move or his performance in this movie is great. But by great, I mean awful. But by awful, I mean amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's hard to describe. He really chews the scenery, but it's in a way that he chews the scenery and like everything he's ever been in. Mm-hmm. Like I like I like his acting a lot, but he doesn't have a ton of range. Like whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, he still kind of has like a similar range of acting. Whether he's Doc Brown or whether he's uh, Judge Doom or mm-hmm. whether he's um, uh, Commander Krug, what was it? I can't remember. Yeah, it's Krug. They all have like a similar range, and it's a little scene chewy, but he's still really good. Like honestly, uh, his performance is great, but I admire the casting of him in that role because honestly, if I'd never seen this movie and some, and but I had seen like Next Generation or some of the original Star Trek, someone was like, "Oh, they're gonna get the guy who played Doctor Doc Brown to play a Klingon." I'd be like, "Oh, that's not gonna work. It sounds stupid, mm-hmm. but it works." So I don't know. Maybe if I didn't know about you know back to the future or you know the show taxi uh, mm. <laughs> um every- this would be post taxi but pre back to the future right mhm yeah so like it weirded me out cuz I, I every time he got angry or like he bugged eye like he had that bugged eye look and he would talk and i was like oh this is it's it, it was good. I appreciated it, but at the same time, I was just like, I'm seeing Doc Brown, or I'm seeing the guy. You know, the, his role is you know Taxi. Um, I do like that he spoke Klingon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always love it when they when they do stuff like that in movies, mm-hmm. just to let you know, look, this is a full universe. We've got we've got a language that they can speak. Uh, he has a lot of like the most memorable, at least for me, the most memorable parts in this movie. I really like when he tells that guy to target the engines, and then he blows up the whole ship, and he calls him an animal and fucking kills him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really love one of the most memorable parts of this movie is uh oh the ship's deserted uh, the the con- the computer is doing something, uh let me hear it and he holds the the communicator and he hears it counting down he stays up and goes get out get out of there <laughs> they all die I love that part yeah <laughs> um. Would you like? Did you think it would? As my voice cracks, uh, mm-hmm. did did you think that it was a strong enough villain for this uh, movie? Because not I, not really a, not as I, big I, as Khan, but yeah, it's not. And that's I think that's a big part of why this movie doesn't get talked about as much as Wrath of Khan because it's competently written acted directed everything this mm. movie doesn't really have too many problems apparently there's like every other star trek movie is awful the first one the third one the fifth one etc i don't think that's fair in the case of this one and neither do i think that about the first one which i <coughs> i get it the first one's boring uh but yeah it's he's interesting but they needed more to it like mm. he's just some nobody and that's a problem the character needed to be Oh, he's a he's a war criminal, or he was in an episode of the show. They needed to show him. I mean, he does blow up a Federation ship, but there's no consequences to it immediately. It just he seems like such a nobody, and it sucks so much 
because they they play on this later, especially in Undiscovered Country. But it sucks so much that uh, Kirk's son gets killed in mm. the very next movie that he's in, and it's like such a pathetic non-death. It, 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 he he blames the Klingons because the Klingons clearly killed his son, but it's not even uh, Krug who does it. He just tells uh, kill one of them. I don't care which, and mm. then they they fight briefly, and then David's stabbed to death by some nobody, some who cares Klingon, and that that's that's so lame. But yeah, as far as the villain goes in this movie, it's just such uh, such a I'm trying to think of a smarter way to say it's not good enough. But no, that's in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. I just felt like he was there for the ride, uh, the villain, which technically he was because the focus was, you know, getting Spock. Yeah, I feel like that's probably how they wrote it, too. They said, oh, well, in the next movie, uh, it turns out Spock's body is fine and they need to get his... I can't remember what they call it. His uh, not she, his car or something. Whatever they got to get his all his brain, his memories, and put that all back together. Oh, okay, well we'll write the script, but there's no bad guy. We need a bad guy. This is a big Hollywood action sci-fi movie. Oh, um, uh, Klingons. Why not? And then there were Klingons. You know, would have been a great villain it was the Federation, which they kind of did do that in a way. They messed with it, but mm. it's more like, oh, I need a ship. Uh, no, you can't do that. Oh, okay. Uh, s- uh, sorry. And then he just leaves. Like, he doesn't get in an argument with that guy because they're friends, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but yeah, you're right. That w- that would have been more interesting, but it would have been harder. They wanted to make more movies, and I think they knew that they need. He was going to disobey orders, but it needed to be like a nice light disobey orders. <laughs> Well, I think what would have been cool is if that other ship did catch up to them, and uh, which was funny, by the way, because Scotty messed with their warp drive or whatever. Their new it has like cartoon sound effects when it doesn't work. That's silly. Mm-hmm. Like I think it would have been interesting, and even having the Klingon in there, where uh, they could have done something where he's still a villain, uh, you know, Krug. But, like, Kirk and him had to, like, work together because, you know, they're in the same planet. Uh, But, hey, this is what they had. This is what they worked with. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, what they got out of it isn't bad. It's just you can see that there was room for improvement. mm -hmm. Whereas with Wrath of Khan, it's like, wow, this movie's almost perfect. I don't know what you could do to this to make it a more compelling story. See, if Khan killed David... um. Like that, you know, Khan would have been yeah. great. This With one, this one, he's like, you killed my son, you son of a bitch. And I'm he like, he called him a bastard. Yeah, bastard. You Klingon bastard. bastard, you killed my son. And I just didn't feel it. It like, he mm. said, he said that and he delivered that message. Like he said it twice. And I was like, why aren't you screaming like you did at Khan? When you know he uh, left you on that uh, ship and stuff, yeah, like it's I, such a shame. They 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 do so little with that character. You can still see. I talked about this on the last episode, but there was originally going to be a, a third season, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see that leftover still because obviously Savick was going to be, um, different actor, actress by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different actress. They they make a good point as to saying, look, that's who this is. Look, that's this is Savick, 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 but. Uh, they, like she she and david are like doing their own thing 
and you can kind of see, oh, they're adding to it. But by the end of the movie, it's right back to all the same old people. For better or worse. I mean, yeah. still there, but... Uh. So if people want to know what the plot of this movie was, uh, last movie uh, in Khan, the Spock died because of radiation. And then after, they had like a funeral service where they shot Spock's capsule onto the Genesis planet. And... Um, Kirk, I guess Kirk had a feeling like they needed to go back and then uh, Bones was acting weird because he sounded like Spock, which, you know, he somehow Spock put his soul, whatever. Um, in... It's it's a Klingon thing. Klingons are weird mystics. It's so. not Klingon Vulcans. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oops. Um, he, he, I guess when he did the, the Vulcan death... Uh, lock whatever on his shoulder I guess that's where he did something because I don't remember seeing anything besides with, with Bones he didn't touch him at all last movie besides when he knocked him out to go into the radiation thing oh wait no that, that was the jetpack remember where he took the jetpack and he went to uh that was the first movie wow I don't. I don't think we need to recap the plot. Like people, you've either seen this movie or no, not. No, no, I'm not like, I'm not like redoing the plot. I'm just wondering where he touched him. I don't remember any scenes with him last episode. Uh, oh, they they show it in this movie too. Like right before he goes in, he's like, "No, don't go in there. You'll die, you stupid green blooded son of a bitch." Whatever he calls him, mm. and uh, he says, "Oh, you're right. Uh, what's the condition of of someone, Scotty or something?" He says, "Well, he's." And then as he turns, he gives him the the neck pinch. So he passes out, and then he reach, he takes his glove off and puts his hand on his face. And in Wrath of Khan, it's just a real quick, like you could be forgiven for forgetting it. But in this one, they show it to you, and that and uh, Kirk's looking at security footage. Oh, I I might have missed it then. So yeah, yeah. So he puts his soul into bones, and he pretty much they got to go find him on Genesis because they have a feeling. And then like the father of Spock went up to, <laughs> went up to Kirk. He's like, you idiot. <laughs> he, he, you know, his body just died. You could go, you know, transfer his soul into his like new body. I feel like the Klingon ambassador would understand that a human being has no idea what the fuck you're talking about, dude. That doesn't make any sense to us. Mm hmm. But I don't know. They're, they've been best friends for years. Maybe he would have mentioned, hey, by the way, if I ever die, I'm going to put my soul into someone. So maybe take it. from." Yeah, I that scene was just funny. And like Kirk was like, I, I can't do anything. I, he never said anything to me. And that's when the bone scene happened. And like, that's when they pretty much said, we, we got to go. And, you know, they tried to. This is when the Federation started getting like dickish and like, oh, we need to go by the book now. <laughs> yeah, well, they are a military organization. Well, they run like a military organization. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess technically they are all about like diplomacy and exploring and science and stuff. But at the end of the day, they're all you know admirals, captains, commanders, whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, I started hating the Federation because because I was like, dude, this is Ca this is Admiral Kirk. Like, the reason why like things are going good for the Federation is because of this crew. And, you know, they come back and then they want to find Spock again because they have this new information and the Federation is like, nope, not doing anything and we're going to split up your crew. And I'm like, what? 
I was like, wow, <laughs> fucking dicks. And then there was a point uh, where uh, the Savick and David crew, when, uh, you know, they found the life form, and <laughs> they're like, you found a boy? What? <laughs> and they're like, can we just get transferred back to our ship? And he's like, wait a second, I gotta go call the Federation before we do this. And then he dies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in his defense, they're like, hey, beam us up. And he's like, hang on a second. Let me make sure I can do that. If he'd have beamed him up, they'd all been dead. True. Yeah, so... And then, uh... This was another plot twist, by the way. Uh, the Genesis thing that happened to the planet. Um, David did something where he changed the equation. because He says he, he used proto-matter, which is supposed to mean something to us, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. He just pretty much cut corners to make the thing work. <coughs> And um, the planet is just rapidly aging and it's going to die soon, which I found pretty odd because how long after it's pretty much a continuation from Khan, right? Yeah. Like there was no like gap in like time or anything. However long it takes them to get home from the whatever, the Genesis system. It has a name, but I don't know what the first one I think it was like six months or like... I think it was six months until they... Oh, it has to be less than that. It's got to be. Yeah, but anyway. The whole plot of, like, the, the the movie was that this planet is dying. And it pretty much had, like, a, a Star Wars Episode Three feeling <laughs> when the the lava planet was, like, exploding and shit. Uh, the planet's dying. And I'm like, well, wouldn't the planet die a long time ago? But I guess this is Hollywood, and it just had to fit the movie, so. Yeah, it's more dramatic this way, and, I mean, there's a lot of, like, one-off weird stupid rules, because technically, if I recall properly, it's not a planet that they used the Genesis weapon on. It was um that whole nebula where they were fighting, because mm -hmm. Khan set it off on a ship. So it's like a condensed mass that it turned into a planet, so maybe that made it weaker or something. They keep talking about how it's, like, oh, the, there's something wrong with the Genesis weapon. It doesn't work. But I don't know. Clearly, the Klingons and others, and Khan for that matter, wanted it to use as a weapon. And if you hit a planet with it, it's still going to work like that pretty well. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It seems still. Now, if anybody hasn't noticed, the the body that they found, the life form, the kid that they found on there was uh, Spock. Now, is he rapidly aging just because of how the planet is rapidly aging? Yeah, that's what Savick said. So, riddle me this. Um, because he got off the planet, he stops aging? Or does he just stop aging because of Hollywood? <laughs> I don't know. I wondered that too, but I kind of chalked it up too. Like, the planet had... The planet was going to be alive for 12 more hours, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they say hours maybe left and they never say an amount so we'll say 12 hours i assume that spock's genetic makeup his dna was from when he was a certain age mm -hmm. so he was going to age to that age over the course of 12 hours like if he'd have been 30 when he died he would have only aged to 30 in 12 hours but he was like what 50 something or 60 or something when he died mm -hmm. so he ages to that point in 12 hours. I think it's just there's a beginning point when he landed there and there's an end point when the planet dies. I do want to say the rapid of him from a kid to an adult was pretty fucking cool. 
Um, yeah, how many actors did they get to play him in this movie? There's like I, five or something. Oh, here's another <laughs> thing I want to bring up. Um, did they bring clothes for him, or did he just have a really stretchy onesie? That so they buried him in that robe. Remember, that's what he's wearing the whole movie. Oh, okay. Because I was like, he was he was a kid, and then all of a sudden now he's like an adult and the thing fit him pretty well i'm I'm just gonna chalk it up as is it the future and maybe they had like elastic clothes that just fit when they grow or something I don't uh, know. it was this it was a ceremonial robe that they buried him when when they first open the the torpedo tube it's lying in there but it's empty and they're like oh my gosh we're spock mm-hmm. i think Savick carries it off and i guess vulcans when they like go through puberty they their 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 blood hurts or something upon far yeah every seven years or something apparently it was a plot device on an episode of the old show or something i don't know i like i said i haven't watched the old show much to my mm-hmm. shame what do you think of the actress that played savik and she did a fine job she was good good enough i felt like she had emotions than the last one well, she shouldn't, because she's a Vulcan. Yeah, and... So technically, she did a bad job, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I I don't know. The whole... No, I liked her, though. Yeah, she was good. Um, David, David, I wish we had one more movie with him. I think I think a better villain would have been, you know... Like, he should have died with Khan, I think. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. They, I I want to be... The problem is I know the movies that are coming up, so mm. I don't know what I would have done with him. Honestly, I don't think his character was going to amount to much. I think they were just like, oh, uh, Kirk's got a son. Write that in. And they wrote it in, and they said, what do you want to do with Kirk's son? And they're like, ah, shit. I have no idea. Kill him. <laughs> Kill that character. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the fight scene with Krug and uh, Kirk? Uh, it's... All right, <laughs> I w- It should be better, but it's it's clearly like a couple of old guys having a fight that isn't choreographed great, but it is really funny at the end when Krug almost falls. He's like, "Give me your hand," and he like grabs his foot, and Kirk's like, "I have had enough of <laughs> you." I laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh... <laughs> Because he, he is Kirk, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to kill you. Let's just stop fighting and stuff. And Krug is like, fuck you. Krug's not having that shit. Yeah, because he's a Klingon. So, um, yeah, that's how they roll. I do like how they uh, they go into the Klingon ship. And pretty much that last Klingon is like, he's like, do you want to live or die? He's like, I'm a disgrace. He's like, well, I'll kill you later. <laughs> yeah, I'm too busy to kill you. So you said you'd kill me. I, I lied. <laughs> Which I thought was uh, kind of nodding that uh, that Klingon might be the one from the next generation, but I don't think that adds up right the time. No, no, no. The next generation takes place like 80 years later, I think. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know what else to say about this movie. Um. Some of, I didn't really get wowed on the shots. Um, I did like. The... I thought it was shot pretty well. I, I I didn't want to step. I know you're wrapping up, but I like a lot when um Sarek comes to talk to Kirk 
mm-hmm. and it like zooms in just on Sarek's mouth and Kirk's eye when they're having that conversation. That that's really cool. Um, I like a lot of the shots in the Klingon Bird of Prey because none of them are straight on; they're all diagonal, and that might just be because of the way they built the set. But I just I just really like that. I like the 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 diagonal upwards at the commander. Um, I like the way it's lit too. But that's probably just because. I've seen a bunch of Next Generation, and that's how they do it there, too. Um, I don't know. I like I – mean, other than that, there's not a lot of shots that are, like, blow you away. There's no, like, John Ford door shots. There's no Stanley Kubrick long pans or anything. It's just – it's shot well enough that I never once said, oh, that, that I don't know what's going on. That's stupid. Like, I always understood what was going on. The music is great. Again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – what's that guy's name? Horner or something? He does the music. James always Horner. Plays. He always kills it. Um, I thought the villain was kind of weak, but I also like Christopher Lloyd. Uh, right, I'm in the same boat. Um, the ending was kind of. Don't take this out of out of context, I guess. Uh, or uh, I just thought it was a little weak. Where it's like the adventure continues. Um, just because well, they, they're setting it up. They're they're like, look, there's another movie coming. That's that's the equivalent of. James Bond will return in Thunderball or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, I'm like, the Federation is probably pissed at them for stealing a ship, just blowing up the ship. <laughs> which by yeah. the, which was funny seeing the not funny, well, awesome seeing the uh, Enterprise like burn up in the atmosphere. That's a pretty cool scene. Like it's like, oh my god, they destroy the Enterprise. And later in like Next Generation movies and stuff like that, they destroy the Enterprise all the goddamn time. But it's interesting here because they're oh my god bones what have i done what you always do you turned death into a fighting chance at life or something like that this movie's really quotable mm-hmm. which which i thought was funny because at the same time I'm like wow you're an idiot you just you went you went on this dying planet and you might die and then all yeah but what, what were his other options get taken prisoner get get blown up yeah true so I guess... Plus, again, it led to one of my favorite parts of the movie. Get out of there! Get out! <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, before we close it, what were... I mean, I think we already talked about what was a good part. Was there anything that you hated about this movie? Yeah, I mean, just the weak characterization of the villain. Um, there's not a lot of motivation beyond there's a weapon. I want it. And they mention the fact that Klingons are in peace talks, I guess, with the Federation, which obviously that comes about later on. Um, it's just the, the motivation of the Klingons all around seemed poor, which was a shame because, like, the visual realization of them, the bird of prey looks great, the acting's great, the costumes are great. It's such a shame. Um, other than that, uh, I've always hated the way that the planet Vulcan is designed, but I don't know if that's the specific movie's fault. It's just, they're all standing around in robes being boring and the shots are uninteresting and they're dark. By the way, um, I don't know if this is continuity error or anything, but at the end when bones and them finally successively transferred, you know, Spock back into his body and then him finally remembering Jim and all that stuff. If you look in the background, you see the the uh, Vulcan smiling, and I was like, I thought they had no emotion. <laughs> hmm, I don't know. Yeah, so like I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. 
maybe it just you weren't supposed to see that and it just happened and they were like fuck it i'm not shooting it again <laughs> maybe that's that's how that's how good it made them feel it made them break their stupid oath or what the hell mm-hmm. i liked uh, bones again great at delivering because uh <laughs> yeah he has to like act his ass off in this movie because not only does he have to act as bones he has to act as bones that has spock in him and like does a good job with the way that leonard nimoy delivers lines and mm-hmm. mannerisms and stuff well i like when the priest lady in on the vulcan plan is like uh mccoy you, you might die <laughs> so you like you know do you still want to do this so he's like you know i'll take the risk but what a hell of a timing <laughs> to give me yeah. this warning and i do like that shot because you know, McCoy was being the smartass, and you could tell, like, he doesn't want to die, but he wants to do this, because if if he chooses not to do this, he's going to have to deal with himself, and he's going to have to deal with Spock in his brain, pretty much. Which he doesn't want. And yeah. Speaking of how quotable this movie is, another great quote from this movie is, Oh, that green-blooded son of a bitch, he did this to me for all those arguments he lost. <laughs> <laughs> Such great. Oh, my God. Like, he... He puts a lot of points up in this movie for me. Hmm. I thought William Shatner in this movie, uh, that's another thing. I thought he was a little weak in this movie compared to the other two. Yeah, he does some acting, you know, oh, you bastard, you killed my son and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, eh. Yeah, and then uh, Chekhov did great. Scotty did great. Uh, Sulu? Yeah. She was all right. I mean, she pretty much. Ahura is who you're thinking of. Zulu. Uh, Zulu. George Takei. Yeah. Is is he Japanese in Star Trek? I don't remember. Asian, I guess. (laughs) This is just a personal thing, but every time they're on, like, their quarters and stuff and they're drinking something, I'm like, are they drinking (laughs) Kool-Aid? Yeah, it's just, like, some unnamed red liquid, but it's it's the future. They've got future booze mm-hmm. yeah but well let's, let's get into some right i mean there's nothing really else to talk about i think we already went through our you know the weakness and the strong points of this movie so yeah it's good it's a good movie i recommend it um it's really important though that you don't go into it expecting another wrath of Khan. it's just wrath of Khan stands alone mm-hmm. where do you rank it andy can't decide you know originally i liked the motion picture better than this but i think i liked it better than the motion picture this time interesting yeah so i think i put it obviously behind wrath of Khan, but just barely above the first star trek just barely not by a lot and honestly depending on my mood or whatever the phase of the moon that could change but that, that's where it's sitting for now okay so you have that number two yep well more or less yeah yeah so it you have stay there yeah, so you have Wrath of Khan, and then you have Search for Spock, and then you have the motion picture. Uh, I have it at number three. Um, I like the motion picture a little bit more just because of the payoff of the, you know, the probe being, like, this mysterious, you know, thing that has, like, uh, all that shit that they... Remember that, like, planet-looking thing where they went into... Uh, the purple it looked like a purple haze but i just like the the payoff at the end 
where it's like, oh, we sent this like a long time ago, and now it came back home. Yeah, and this one doesn't really have a payoff except mm. for oh, Spock's back. And honestly, it's called the Search for Spock, so eh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with Search for Spock, I thought it was the weakest out of the two uh, because of the villain and the acting. And I, I didn't think it was amazingly shot, but Andy thought it was. You know, had a had a. Couple I thought of, it was good. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. It wasn't just a bunch of static bullshit, boring shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I put it. I highly recommend it. So far, I'm like enjoying Star Trek more than Star Wars, by the way. Sheesh. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. We still got you know the next generation movies to go through uh, another. Oh, time. We still got three more original Star Trek movies, so you know, mm-hmm. keep your pants on. The next movie, by the way, is The Voyage Home, and uh, I can't wait to watch it. So, yeah, I, ho- I hope that one's reputation precedes it. But if not, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Um, so remember to watch The Voyage Home and then come back here and then we're going to talk about it. And then we're going to rank it. Just like how we rank the, the Planet of the Apes movies. So, um, there's no news, by the way. Um, man- I didn't even really think about it. It's just with movies, what moves, what news can there be besides A, blank came out, it did well or bad. B, blank got announced. It has this director and these people attached to it. Or C, um, blank is drawing controversy this week because of so and so's comments, and some people on Twitter are angry. That's pretty much all the news there ever is about movies. Mm-hmm. And none of them are fun to talk about. Yeah. Especially, oh, there's one thing to talk about, but I don't really care. Uh oh. Um, the Ariel, uh, the mermaid controversy that there's going to be a black woman playing ariel and i'm like i don't care if it's a good if it's a good movie it's a good movie just move on with it yeah cast whoever who cares i mean the ocean borders everything mermaids could be any any ethnicity i assume she's a fish (laughs) make her an eskimo who cares yeah I guess Eskimo actually is not a... a prefer- <clears throat> well, everything's politically charged now, and I'm just tired of it. Just be a movie. Let's yeah, have fun, fun with it. Make good movie. movies. Um, Common attractions. Um, we still need to see some movies in theaters and watch a TV show on Amazon Prime. Hopefully. So keep an eye out for, like, Toy Story and Spider-Man and the... Uh, the, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But but until... Uh, until next time, everybody. Oh, I gotta tell you where to watch or, or listen to our podcast. Yeah. If you... Uh, on Podbean, if you go to NOV Network... NOVnetwork.podbean.com, we're on there. We're also on Spotify and the Apple Podcast Store. If you search Nerd Review Network, we're there. And we're also on NerdReview, uh, NerdReview.com which I'm still updating. Um, I had a lot to do during my two weeks, and I was supposed to focus on that, but things came up, and I'm still working on it. So, Boo. Yeah, yeah that's fine. And plus, I got this sweet new uh, mic stand, so I don't know if I sound better to you guys, but it should be better. And uh, me and Zach did the bad episode of the Nemesis Project. That's on uh, Podbean and also on YouTube if you search the Nemesis Project. 
That was a fun episode. That's a good one to listen to, even if you don't care about the other episodes. Yeah, it was. Uh, I hate. The... <laughs> it's a. It's like a good, good, good bad games, and that's why we call it the bad episode. And then we have Resident Evil Four coming up, which Andy's going to be a part of. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keep an eye out for the Nemesis Project. But until next time, everybody, I think, I think this was a good episode seventy. And then, uh, oh, Escape from SideQuest should be coming back soon. <coughs> we have to uh, come up with a format of the uh, like live gameplay, and then like an actual. I actually want to have a a gameplay one week, and then like an actual podcast or something. Maybe we'll come up with something for that. Maybe we could like cover games. That we played before, maybe like some Metal Gear or something, because we we could talk about Metal Gear and Hideo Kojima for like hours. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So keep an eye out on that. But until next time, everybody, see you later. Happy Fourth. Thanks for listening. <laughs>